Hey there, Healthy Perspective Potters. It's Wayne, joined by my amazingly gifted co-host, Ivy. Ivy, why don't we tell the people what's going on today? Today, we're going to be talking voice technology. Voice technology? That's right, Wayne. Today, we are joined by a true innovator in conversational AI, a longtime partner of PNP from Rain Agency, Mr. Nick Rovisa. We are also joined by former co-host of the Healthy Perspectives podcast. She's one of our super producers extraordinaire and leads at Patients and Purposes Voice Task Force, Miss Jamie Fell. She's here too? Yes. This sounds like an awesome episode. I'm always looking for new things to talk about with Siri. I'm sure we'll learn a lot more than just that. And so, without further ado, why don't we jump into the show? Can you tell us what is a voice assistant? Sure. A voice assistant is a virtual assistant that relies on voice interaction. A voice assistant can perform many tasks, such as getting the latest news and weather, making to-do lists, setting alarms and reminders, and answering questions about various topics. And that's just all out of the box. So when people hear voice assistant, uh, what are some of the cooler things you think are being done with voice technology today? Um, so I think you'll see a lot of bells and whistles within the voice space. People are really trying to like blow each other away and kind of beat out the competition. But I find for me and from what I've seen that are like sort of persevering in this space, it's really the utility-based skills that are like providing value. So it's not just like where the novelty wears off after one-time engagement. People are actually going back to these skills and reusing them. So um, there's... Uh, Jeopardy, they actually will pull in live questions. So you actually can play the game wow. the same night with the same questions wow. that other people are playing. Um, so there's reason to go re-engage with that skill. Mm-hmm. Um, something, Zyrtec, um has a allergy weather skill. Mm-hmm. So it, you can say like, are my allergies gonna be impacted today by the weather? And it will tell you based on your location. Oh, I need um, that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like anything that provides utility, I'm a huge fan of. Even though it might not sound so cool, it's if there's utility, I just think it's amazing. Um, I also think the kids market is just booming right now. I think there's a lot of skills there, and kids um, naturally just know how to engage with Alexa. So there's no learning curve for any of these voice assistants. I think we get we get caught up with the typical quote unquote easy use cases or simple use cases of today, like checking the weather, playing a song, simple commands, but. What happens is it starts to make us feel like that's all voice is good for. If you hear dissenters talk about voice, most of them will say, all I do is use it to to check the weather. Okay. But there's actually something profound in those moments because the fact that when voice does something really well, it actually replaces the previous way in which you did it. So if you hear me out for a second, that person is using Alexa or whatever assistant to check the weather. They probably aren't using their iPhone to check the weather anymore, and they most certainly aren't going to the weather channel uh, or maybe tuning into local news to see the weather. So when you reframe it and you think of it that way, it actually becomes really powerful that these really simple actions are being offloaded or outsourced to your assistant. So more and more, as the simple commands turn into more advanced commands, you can start to see how our reliance on the phone moves away and our you know reliance on this ambient assistance uh, grows so a helpful framework uh, that we like to abide by and i think is useful in terms of understanding these experiences and which ones are the best actually is no go buy or do so we like to try to think in terms of small assistive moments where you can actually just really help your end user or your end customer um, moments when they want to know something go somewhere 
uh, buy something, you know, or do something all in context of your brand. And it seems small, but when you start small and you do something right, uh, an example we like to use is the case of Tide, which was an Alexa skill we created a while ago. Not mind-blowing. All it did was tell you how to get any stain out. You asked it, how do I get red wine out of my shirt? It told you exactly how to do that. It's very useful, and it, it seems small, but it was actually, they were able to add more uh, stains over time. They were able to collect information from what people were asking it that actually allowed them to potentially bring more products to market because they were being asked questions about products they didn't even offer. So starting small and having these assistive moments can actually allow you to gain real learnings and expand you know, appropriately. And so who do you think benefits the most from voice technology? Is it is it more leaning into kids now? Is it adults? Is it a certain type of professional? Like, is it everybody holistically? I think this is the first emerging tech that we've seen that there's actually no barrier to entry. So all demographics are adopting it equally, um, which is really rare because it's just so natural. And so that includes the kids demographic and it also includes the over 55 demographic. Wow. Mm. So, I mean, we're, t we're talking a lot about these skills. What is a skill? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So mm -hmm. uh, a skill will we'll go another level higher and we'll call it a voice app. Mm -hmm. Right. So a voice app is an Alexa skill. It's a Google action. Uh, it could be a Siri command. Um, Bixby calls them capsules. You'll see a bunch of different terms for these, but really they're a voice app. And just like a mobile app, they're meant to be small applications that live on these assistants and provide utility. Right. Mm -hmm. So they interact just like a mobile app does. So the same functionality you'd expect from Uber on your app, you should expect parts of it at least, uh, from Uber's Alexa skill, which again is a voice app. And what's the first step for creating a skill? That's a good question. Um, right now, it's actually pretty development heavy to mm -hmm. create one of these applications. But your point, your, your question is important in that the first step to all of this should be figuring out the use case, right? Figuring out Again, one of those assistive moments based on knowledge of your brand or your organization or your company, um, what would be something that you could bring value to uh, an end user in? And then shaping that conversation and what that experience might look like. What's the tone? What's mm -hmm. the style? Uh, will there be sound design? Will there be custom audio? Or is the built-in assistance voice okay? Uh, so that is definitely the first area to start. Uh, and then from there, it gets a little it gets a little technical in terms of uh, user experience design, uh, mapping out the flow of that conversation, ensuring you're making sure no one's getting stuck anywhere, and then typically you hand off to a developer to program the application before submitting it to whichever platform to then go live. So when you talk to Siri or Alexa or Google and you you speak your command, how exactly does it know what to respond to, what to say back? What is it recognizing and how does it tell? That's a big <laughs> question. <laughs> this is the information that I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's just go at its most basic. Yeah. What happens, right? So Alexa and similar assistants, they're a smart set of tools in the cloud that exist to parse your words, your spoken words, interpret the spoken words through many, many years of learning mm -hmm. and training, um, and then route them to the appropriate service to deliver the right response. You say, I'm hungry. It makes a myriad of decisions in the back end to determine what to tell you and where it's pulling that information from. 
great point Jamie brought up is it can be coming from Bing, it can be coming from Google, it can be coming from one of these third-party apps we talked about, it can be coming from somewhere completely different. But it's all in that decision-making um, that the that the app decides to do to give you that response. And then once they process that, then they give you that response uh, via audio to your device. And nowadays, you can also include some visuals. Um, and there's you know some other, it can be just text, it can be audio back, it can be visual driven. Um, but that's essentially what happens. And again, all the things that are going on in the back end are quite technical. Mm. And why exactly is voice booming? Why is it an everyday technology today? So I think I mentioned it earlier. I think that no barrier to entry really just makes it so accessible for people, um, which, again, we haven't seen with any sort of technology. Um, if you think about even any of your phones, there's a whole learning curve that comes with any of those updates. So, And that doesn't happen with voice. So it's very, very natural. And I think because it's so natural, everybody's adopting it. And then the fact that you can easily integrate it into products and with third-party apps and make it more powerful through personalization by taking data that you're already maybe recording through your watch or through your Fitbit or whatever other device, um, you can really make it a more powerful tool than it is. You know, we hate to say the future is now and, and those sorts of tropes, but when you buy an iPad or you buy you know, an iPhone and you turn it on, of course it's extremely user-friendly and it walks you through the onboarding and the setup. When you plug in a device, an Alexa device or Google or any of them, it starts with saying hello. Mm -hmm. And you immediately, no matter the age, say hello back. Mm -hmm. And then you can get right in, you know, you can get into it. So I think that's also exactly like driving the point home that Jamie's brought up that the barrier to entry, the friction is removed. Mm -hmm. um, I really feel like I'm missing out. You are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. This is making me feel very, very fun. <laughs> They're yeah. fun. And, and actually, to the point of the uh, older generation, um, I find it you know, critically important for a few things, right? Especially in terms of healthcare, as we talk about it, is adherence. You know, so we're, we're reaching a point where you're going to be able to have this ambient assistant that's ensuring that this person may be in a nursing home somewhere or living on their own can take their medication or be reminded to take their medication without someone having to be there or mm -hmm. someone having to make a phone call. So that's obviously important. The other piece is loneliness, right? I mean, it's an epidemic. It is terrible. I was at a conference last year. I don't want to misquote, but I'm pretty sure the person said that there was a study done in the UK that said that it was the equivalent of smoking multiple packs of cigarettes a day. Mm. It's terrible. So another way to combat loneliness, again, these ambient assistants that can play their favorite music, can ask, you know, play trivia, or can just keep their mind turning and make it feel that it isn't so mundane, um, you know, living each day. So Yeah, and I, I think, think something um, related to that, um, even let's say people with Alzheimer's asking the same question over and over, it, you know, if you're asking somebody else, you, there's sort of that, you're losing your sense of dignity. Mm -hmm. But I think with a voice assistant, it doesn't matter if you ask it the same question over and over and over. She's going to answer it and you're going to get your response and you won't be judged. It's sort of like judgment free. I never free. would have even thought about that. Same. That's such a great example. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we, we work in healthcare. Do you have any other thoughts about, you know, types of voice assistants in our space that you think could be really really important uh nick mentioned yeah. adherence is huge yeah. um i think we're going to see a lot of adherence skills coming to play once uh, we get the green light uh, that any of these voice assistants are hipaa compliant which we can definitely talk about yes we will talk about um that. but i think adherence will be huge because i think alexa or any of these voice assistants are perfect for helping with that um 
I think as far as some other skills, we're seeing um, a big problem that Alexa or any of these voice assistants help with is dexterity issues or any sort of disabilities. So if you have any dexterity issues, this is a hands-free solution for you. So mm. we can help with that. Mm -hmm. um, even um, Alexa actually just announced a bunch of disability features. So they have something called Tap to Alexa, which you can actually hit a button to like sort of access different features within Alexa quickly. Um, and they also introduced something called Show and Tell. And um, a customer could actually pick up any item in their home or any produce item right now, I believe, and hold it up and it will identify it. So if it's a box of pasta, we'll tell somebody that, which is really useful to somebody that is low vision or has impaired vision. Um, that being said, that can expand into the healthcare space because you could pick up any vial of medicine, any box of medicine, and be able to hold that up and maybe get the safety information or any additional information about that product. Why is voice so important to doctors? Um, so I think with doctors right now, when they see a patient, they get a, what, a max of 10 minutes with them. Not even. Sometimes. Not even. And yeah. you spend most of the time with the PA in the beginning that's asking you just basic information about yourself, pulling up your health records, you know, asking you what's going on. Um, and then a doctor is usually then scribing to that or having the PA scribe for them based on what they're seeing with you within those 10 minutes. So I think that's a use case for doctors, at least, that Alexa or any of these voice assistants could be transcribing their notes. Mm. Right. I don't know if Alexa has a place in hospitals yet. Um, just from, like, if you think about a hospital setting, there's a lot of beeping and a lot of different sounds. Mm -hmm. So I think they would need to sort of nail down the experience in a hospital setting for mm -hmm. voice assistants, but maybe even, like, in oncology units when they're getting infusions or something, like, that could be a good place that voice assistants could come in handy. Yes. Right. And, and you bring up a good point when you think about the assistant as a device, but when we start to think of hearables or wearables or things like that, you're actually, you can be using this uh, ass this assistant right in your ears, you know, mm -hmm. so you're not necessarily getting the ambient noise around or, um, you know, needing to have a speaker that could be interrupting certain sounds and things like that. Yeah, and yeah. Amazon actually came out with uh, headphones now, yep. right? The little ear pods Buds, that you can yep. now... Uh, get Alexa right into your ear and they have a ring called the loop that you can also um, you get it on your finger and I think yep. you can like tap to activate mm -hmm. Alexa there's some vibrations for when things happen yeah wow. so cool so Nick can you tell us a little bit about some differences between building skills for adults versus children are there big differences there I think the one main piece uh, that we see is kids anthropomorphize voice, um, whereas adults definitely see it, as Jamie said, as more of an uh, utility, as more of a, something that needs to efficiently and accurately give me what I'm asking it for, whereas kids are saying good night to it. Have you ever seen a kid say good night to their iPad? Not really, but we do have a couple of uh, a couple colleagues who have reported that you know their children speak to the device like it's their friend and have very much said good night to it. So that has huge implications, you know, for I think the way you design an experience for a child versus for an adult uh, versus for a combined experience as well. So I think sound design, uh, definitely taking cues from shows and, and entertainment that they're used to and just a really lighter touch, you know, and a, and a delicate nature to it is is important. But also being able to incorporate um, manners, you know, in teaching and in, in learning, you know, through these experiences as well. Um, I think if you were to have an adult experience that 
requested that they say please and thank you, it probably wouldn't go over as well. But if you have a children, you know, if you have a child who you have an experience that does that for, they may respond uh, positively to that, you know. And and so I think that's kind of the big the the big difference we see. Mm. Nick, I resent that. I talk to my Siri just about every single night uh-huh. and tell her good night. That's great. Right before I put her under my <laughs> pillow. <laughs> but um. Uh, Nick, what would you say is important for brands to learn about voice technology? Why adopt it? Why is it important for them? I think we like to, so it's big, right? And we don't really realize how big. But I think when we start to think about mobile and that wave and how we're, I mean, we're 10, 15 years into that and is still growing, you start to see how voice is most certainly in its infancy. I mean, the curves are all very similar. Adoption of a lot of these devices are actually faster, you know, than the iPhone in a lot of ways, which is really hard to believe. So you can, you know, choose to take a posture of wait and see, or you can choose to lean into it and know that this is a big wave and you don't want to miss it. So I think that you know, the obvious business drivers we think about are facilitating transactions. Everyone is thinking like, of course, I want to be able to say, buy this, buy that, and it just all happens. Still some friction there. Not quite is easy, but it is growing each year. Um, and then customer service. But I think the other entry points I just want to touch uh, that brands can definitely derive value from and make an ROI case is improving internal operations, right? So maybe you have an onboarding voice app where when there's a new hire, instead of having multiple one-to-one inter- you know, meetings, they can use the, the, the voice app to learn oh, I love that different idea. things they need to do, checklists, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, that's all possible. Mm-hmm. Building affinity and engagement with early adopters. So, mm-hmm. you know, launching a voice app for just an exclusive group of people ahead of everyone else to just kind of gather learnings and things like that. Um, I think integrating it into native products, especially for accessibility, as Jamie brought up. So if your website isn't that easy to search or you don't have voice search built into it for you know those accessibility pieces you could do that and then also using them to distribute uh, platform or is a distribution platform to distribute content so there's millions upon millions of users of, of these you know um, platforms so if you build a podcast Alexa skill and you're distributing your content to that it's just a whole nother channel of people that you could potentially have exposure to wow so we wouldn't say that there are no hurdles right now in voice, right? I mean, I think there's still some things that are that are still being worked out. And one of those things, um, Jamie, I think you can probably speak to a little bit, which is HIPAA compliance, specifically for the healthcare sector. Can you tell us a little sure. bit about what, <laughs> A, what that means and how that's sort of affecting how voice works within the space that we work in? Sure. So every big leader in this space has been telling us and Rain that it is coming. HIPAA compliancy is coming, um, and we are seeing some progress. Um, Amazon actually launched six HIPAA compliance skills this year, um, so they you are able to give your patient information through them. Are they exactly what we're hoping for within the healthcare space? Probably not. Some of them are still like locators for certain hospitals and different things, so they're tying to the healthcare space, but they're not entirely like the adherence examples that we were hoping. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, you should get into the space now because as I mentioned, all these big players are saying it's coming. Um, Rain actually has access to a special platform that um, Amazon has opened up for certain partners. So in our partnership with Rain, we also have access to that and we're able to sort of start testing um, and get things moving for for when this HIPAA 
compliancy comes to be. Yeah. And so with, with all these uh, opportunities in voice uh, being created and all these um, skills uh, coming into the market, uh, it's, it's easy to assume that discoverability is a problem. Uh, how do you stand out? Uh, how can brands sort of tackle this as a problem? Well, you nailed it. it. It is a problem, actually. It's it's been pretty difficult for certainly a lot of our client brands to stick out in the Amazon Skill Store, for instance, which now is hundred thousand plus skills. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of them kind of attacking the same area within you know the same sort of vertical. Um, but I think treating them, going back to the voice app, treating them like a true app. You wouldn't build a mobile app and then just expect people to use it. You would build a mobile app, and it would have a brand, and it would have its own messaging, and it would have a landing page, and it would have a distribution plan, and paid promotion, and organic promotion, and maybe a press release, and all the things you would do. And I think that's what people, some clients we've run into, there's a divide there in terms of how they see a voice app. They see it a little bit more as a channel, more like a social channel or some some other way to distribute content, less like a, an application that mm-hmm. there's the time and resources going to build. So I think if you think of it that way and you put that entire package around it, you're going to be off to a good start. You know, using your email database to po- to promote it right when it launches, putting paid behind it. Um, that's going to be how you get people using and uh, discovering it. I'm going to give you both a, a prompt and then in as succinctly a sentence as you can manage, I want you to kind of respond to the prompt. So what would you say is the ultimate goal for voice technology? Um, I think for me, it would be for it to be everywhere and be accessible everywhere. I think the way we rely on our phones and everything else, I would like to start seeing those sorts of features, I guess, like in conference rooms and like in a bathroom or in line as I'm waiting for like or a hotel even um i go to so many hotels and i always like will say like alexa what's the weather and i'm like oh my god there's no alexa (laughs) um so i just want to see it everywhere and i'm a little biased i do have um, many alexas in my home so (laughs) that could also be why for you it is everywhere yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, i would i'm going to use a line that again we really like and appreciate uh internally at rain is uh we're trying to make technology invisible uh through conversations you know and through voice and again it's very up here, uh, it's 10,000 foot, you know, view of it. But uh, that is the idea is it's, uh, I don't like always having to have this object in my hand and, and looking at it and having my neck bent over it and Relying on sitting and staring at a screen yeah. and you know, those sorts of things. So you could start to um, understand where all this could go. You, you mentioned the movie Her. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no spoilers. I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's great if you haven't. Um, but there's an element of that, you know, ambient assistance that would be mm-hmm. kind of neat um, yeah. to me personally. So that's where I think it's going. That's where I hope it's going. So make technology yeah. invisible through conversation and accessible everywhere kind of for you. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It had to be concise. And yeah, that's okay. We'll just, we'll just edit that part out. Yeah. <laughs> you did <laughs> it. I forgot that one. I was like trying to be cool and no, be like perfect. succinctly. Yeah. Um, well, thank you both so you. much for joining thank us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Dang, voice technology sounds like it will truly transform the way we live. We are social creatures, and so I guess that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, virtual assistants like Alexa may very well be the modern-day companions we need to walk into this uncharted territory of tech. 
will never talk to my Siri the same again. My Google Home and I are going to have a long conversation tonight. Special thanks again to Nick and Jamie for joining us today. And thanks so much again to all of you for listening. Again, this is Ivy. This is Wayne. And until next time, bye. bye.